drinking bro Put down the water and grab a fucking drink <laughs> Who do we have here? Who do we have me, here? Is it, is it just you? Is it just Rocco? Is it just the yeah, man behind the chin tonight? It's man behind the chin part duo. Oh, I love it. What, what is that? What is that going off in the background? A microwave? We got, oh, we got, gains, is bro. that, is that gains. gains, bro? You got gains yeah. heating up? Uh, Are you at Matt Bass's house right now? Yeah. So he's actually helped me with a lot of the supplementation of food. Is he really? Ah, look, hey, he if, is. He is. If, he, he's look, got to. I mean, look, you you want to buy it like that, motherfucker? You got to eat like that, motherfucker. I hear you. I hear you. You you know how this works, Rocco. We we got some sponsors. For, first up, we've got Havenlock.com. Yeah. Uh, you want to feel safe at night? You want your family to feel safe? Go to Havenlock.com. They've got a they've got a device called the Haven Mech. Which uh, it's essentially the world's strongest deadbolt for your door. Uh, typically, it takes about three kicks to kick in a door. This with the Haven Mech, it, it, it takes more than fifty. Yeah, that's right. It takes fifty fucking kicks to get through a door. By that point, yeah, you look. You've already you've been loaded up with Tartarus. You know what time it is. Uh, it'd be easy to take down an intruder. So if you, if you care about your family, if you care about your friends and your loved ones, or, or just your visitors or in-laws sleeping at your house, why don't you, why don't you get yourself a Haven mech for the door? Uh, go to havenlock.com, uh, type in the promo code drinking bros, and you get a special one-time offer of this lock for just 99 bucks. Uh, the fucking thing's amazing. Uh, I, I've got one. Um, it's incredible. We're big fans. Uh, look, they're, they're veteran owned. They're out of Nashville, Tennessee, and, uh, they got, they got started on a Kickstarter, raised over a hundred thousand dollars. So, uh, everybody else is in on the jam in on the action <laughs> of a Haven lock. Uh, grab yourself a Haven Mac. Next up, we got, uh, you know, it's one of our faves, one of our fan faves, uh, strikeforceenergy.com. Uh, the, t- the the tastiest little energy drinks in all the land. They come in a little tiny tin pouch. Uh, they're good in waters. They're good in sodas. They're good in in, uh, in liquor. You name it. Uh, you can put your energy drink inside of it. Kick the can. You don't need a fucking can anymore. No. Fuck the can. Fuck, the fuck can. that can. Cut a hole in that can. And fuck that can. Because you don't need it anymore. <laughs> Throw it in the dumpster. Throw it in the fucking yes. dumpster. Go to strikeforceenergy.com. Uh, for all your energy drink needs, uh, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. We, we take it pre-workout after workout. We love it. Uh, huge fans type in the promo code drinking bros. You get 20% off of every order. They have subscriptions. We each have a subscription comes right to our house. We don't have to fucking think about it anymore. And they also ship anywhere in the entire world. So if you're stationed somewhere and you're like, how do I get strike force? I, I don't, will, will they ship to Iraq? Yes, they will dude. Yes, they fucking will. Uh, no way! No yeah. way! Yeah. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros. You get twenty percent off of every order at StrikeForceEnergy.com. We love those guys. Uh, look, look, we love all our sponsors because they, they've been with us for the long haul, and that's including TartarusOrdnance.com. Uh, that's T A R T A R U S O R D N A N C E, aka I wish a motherfucker would. <laughs> I love that, man. Oh, so do I. So do I. So uh, for all your home defense ammunition needs, uh, all your firearms needs, go to TartarusOrdnance.com. Type in the promo code Drinking Bros. You get 10% off of every order, and that's including firearms. Like, firearms are expensive. They're expensive. Uh, they are. They, no joke. They no are. shit. I can't believe they're. All, I can't believe Tartarus Ordnance is offering 10% off of every order. Like, that's a big boy move right there. <laughs> that's a move that could almost bankrupt your company. Like, uh, especially with our, with our audience, like Kenny's everybody's crazy, buying man. shit. I know. I know. Kenny Gunter, uh, big fan of Kenny, a uh, big fan of, uh, Tartarus. It's where we get all our shit. That's where, uh, we all pew pew to. So go to tartarusordinance.com and, uh, type in the promo code drinking bros. Again, 10% off of every single order. Uh, and uh, the same with our next sponsor, WarfighterTobacco.com. Yes, those are my boys right Hell there. Hell yeah, man. they are. God Ugh. damn it, we love Warfighter. If um, we did this outside, I'd be smoking a cigar the whole time. Dude, for real. Absolutely for fucking real. Uh, go to WarfighterTobacco.com for the finest cigars in all of the lands. 
Um, they're, they're made with Cuban seeds, hand-rolled from the Dominican Republic. They're the best cigars you will ever smoke. Rocky, you smoke them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Right now, my my favorite is the 5.56, five, but uh, we're slowly going to pull out the Rocco brand soon, and we're going to try and get that one going oh, soon. But right I now, 5.56, five, five, that is my favorite. Dude, dude I can't wait. Yeah. I hope your head is on the fucking... Uh, the, the, yeah, that's the thing is I wasn't sure if I wanted to put my own face on it because I feel why like not? Not, why it, not? It'd be I awesome. Like Egotistical, but uh, we might actually do. It. I think the guys want that. So. If you could smoke yourself, dude, there's no greater feeling in this world. I, that, that's yeah, what I've yeah, heard. If, that's if what Marilyn own, Manson said. If I could suck my own dick, then I'd do it too. <laughs> Look, kids, go to warfightertobacco.com for the tastiest finest cigars in america and uh also they're they're 100 combat veteran owned so yeah. they do not play they do not play type in the promo code drinking bros you get 10 percent off of every order last but not least we've got the greatest piece of literature in american history at night she cries while he rides his steed the first ever romance novel for dudes rocco can i get a horse noise can i get a horse noise <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not I can't do it. I can't do it like Matt does. Nah, so you sound like a young secretariat. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I really do. I appreciate your enthusiasm. And I, I tried. I, I love tried. your energy. I love your secretariat energy. Uh, if you like the writing in Range 15, you will love this book. If you like Airplane, Blazing Saddles, Scary Movies, all of that shit, uh, you're looking at a night she cries while he rides his steed. It's sex, guns, violence. Uh, it is available everywhere. Amazon.com. Uh, Barnes and Noble, every bookstore except for Walmart, uh, and Audible.com, where I did the voice. Uh, you can pick it up now and enjoy the shit out of your weekends. Uh, grab it night she cries while he rides his steed. Uh, tonight's uh, it is just me and Rocco. This is a one-on-one show. Uh, we've done this in the past. Uh, Rocco and I have done this in the past. Done it in the past with Matt. I've done it in the past with Jared. Um, looking forward to, to doing it with other people. Sean Matson from Strike Force Energy. Uh, we've done it with a lot of people, and uh, and it's it, it's a big deal. It, it goes over well. Every, everybody seems to love it. And tonight tonight we have Rocco. Um, and you were you were at a different stage in your life than last time we did this together. And, yeah, man. Uh, uh, yeah, and and I it's really funny, dude. I know, man. And I really wanted to sit down and talk with you personally tonight. Uh, without the rest of the boys, not that we don't love them because we we do love them, but you're you're in a you're in an interesting spot in life where a lot of people in their life are are probably there right now. They don't want to admit it. They don't talk talk about it publicly. Uh, but but you are, and and since you're you know you're speaking all around the world and you're helping people all the time, I thought it'd be great to sit down and chat with you tonight. Um, so I appreciate yeah, I appreciate you doing this. Um, no, for sure, man. I, th- I think it's I think it's important. I think uh, that's a big part of why a lot of guys can associate with us is that uh, we really don't have much to hide in our lives. And so, um, you know, everyone goes through hardship, and you know, I'm going through mine right now. And, and, and yeah, and, and, and if you if you can, could you explain it to the audience what, what you're going through? Because you know, we know it personally because we're all best friends. But uh, I, I think a lot of the people yeah, at home don't. Yeah. Know. So uh, recently, I went through a divorce. You know, it's all finalized, and everything now is done. And so, you know, you go through, you know, you don't get married to get divorced, you know, you know what I mean? And yeah, so yeah. to find out that uh, things weren't what you thought they were, and then you had to go the, to the further extent and finally finalize a divorce uh, with someone that you believed was going to do, you know, was going to be there for the rest of your life, you know, that someone that fit really well with my family, and it turns out it just didn't work, you know? And so... Um, I'm not here to, I don't, I don't point fingers. I don't blame nothing. And I, and I don't, I don't drop my drama too much on there, but at the same time, it's like, you know, my life went from everything I thought was perfect to it obviously wasn't. And so, you know, now I am a single father of four kids living in El Paso and trying to juggle business, trying to juggle my personal life, trying to juggle their personal life of the kids and yeah. well, sports school, sports school and everything else that comes associated with that. So um, that's where I'm at in life, man. It's, and it's definitely not where I expected I was going to be. It's not where I wanted to be. Um, I'm the guy that grew up in a household where family was everything and, and then grew up knowing that I wanted to have kids and I wanted a family, dude. And so I've been trying to have that for so many years and it just keep, kept falling apart in my hands. And, and 
and, and it's funny when someone goes through divorce, I don't think you realize that like, you feel like the failure. You know what I mean? It's so, yeah. And you're, you, cause it, your, parents are, your parents have been together for a long time, correct? Oh, yeah. They've been together for a long time. Man. Definitely. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many. I know it's probably 35 years plus. That's what, that's what I think it's at. I think it's 35 years plus. Sure. But I, I, think, uh, I think why this is important to highlight is a lot of people at home, uh, you know, their parents have been together for a long time. This generation um, goes through a lot of divorce and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's, 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 I don't want to say easy because it's not when you're in it, but it seems like it from the outside world. But once you actually are in it, like you are right now, is there some form of kind of shame almost of like, you don't want to tell your parents, you don't want to tell the rest of your family about it. Uh, oh, you know how hard that call was, man. So here's the thing, man. So I knew at one point, like, you know, you know, I found out what I found out and I decided, okay, well, this is not healthy for me. It's not healthy for the kids. It's just not, it's not conducive to the lifestyle that I want to live. And so, you know, we decided, you know, I, you know, she decided to go back to home for her and, I, and you know, I was going to continue on my life. And, and then at one point I questioned it, man, because you, just like you said, we're in a society now, it's very easy to get divorced. Yeah. And so I said, you know what, this man, I'm like. You know, maybe maybe I can accept what happens. I can forgive, and I can move on, and we can just continue just trying to have this life that I've already grown accustomed to for four years now. You know, and and it took me one week to identify, like, you know what? I think I deserve better. I think the kids deserve better. I think I think I think we can do more than. I, I just felt like I was never going to be happy in the situation that I was, and this was kind of like okay, well, it's time to walk, you know? And so I was proud of myself for making that second effort. And it wasn't easy, trust me, because there's still so much anger inside of me. But I made the effort, you know? I made the effort to try and do the right thing. And I, and I kept trying to hold on to this, this, this thought process where it's like, you know what? In, in our society, it's so easy to walk away and I, I want to fight. I'm going to fucking fight for this shit. Sure. And then, you know, and then eventually I realized, you know, it wasn't worth the fight. You know, I think there's, there's, there's so much more out there, you know what I mean? And, 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 uh, and so I decided to go ahead and go through with the divorce and, uh, divorce is now final and, you know, and it's crazy, man, uh, to make the call and tell my mom what was, what was going on was, was embarrassing. It was uh, like, okay, hey mom, here is my second divorce. I have. Were and, your parents supportive? As good parents are, man, you know, my mom told me, like, you got to make sure it's it, good. You don't want to mess with the kids. And, you know, you know, the parents gave, yeah. gave their, their, their portion of uh, parenting. And, you know, and my father's more on the, on the rough side and my mother's more on the, like, reality side. You know, my father's more like, well, fuck it. Do your thing, you know, because he's a man and he believes I should be happy. And, you know, he don't, he don't forgive nobody, you know. And then my mom's on the side, like, well, make sure, you know, you. You're going to be happy with the decision in the end and blah, 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 you know? And so they do what parents do, you know, the good cop, bad cop side of things. And embarrassing as hell, man. Embarrassing as hell, you know? But they also know this isn't the first time I've been through this, you know, a very similar situation. And so, you know, we got through it, dude. And, and as as a family, the kids, the kids are so damn strong, man. They've been through so much. And, and uh, I think the blessing was that I was, I am more connected with my kids now. And I identify things that I did wrong enough in, in my recent marriage where I kind of separated myself from the family because I identified that they had another figure that was taking care of them and meant that I can back off a little bit, you know, as a, as a father and I could focus more on the career. And, you know, again, I identified faults in my ways and um, now I'm just trying to be a, a better father. I'm trying to be, you know, when my next relation comes around, I'm trying to make sure I don't lose that connection with my kids just because I feel like it's, you know, that I can. So, so it's just so many things. It's a learning process, man. It's, it's a learning process. And definitely, I don't know, have all the answers, but I know that, you know, we got through it. We have the family, you know, me and my four kids, we got through it. And then we we're on to the next chapter. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What was it like waking up the morning after the divorce was finalized and realizing, oh shit, it's me and four kids all, all alone. What do I, what, what do I do now? Was there a panicked feeling? Did you felt, uh, did you feel a, like a, a sense of calm? Uh, was it, was it hard? Is it still hard to get, get, getting used to right now? I mean, it's been, a, it's been about close to six months now, man. So like, I tell you what, that, that crazy, scary feeling was day one after she moved out, right? That, that empty bed, that space, that's that, that, that void in the bed. That's, that's there now, you know, that, that there's no more warmth and comfort and there's not someone to hold at night, you know, someone to give you affection. Like, dude, that's fucking hard to get over. 
I think that was the hardest thing was that affection of having someone there, whether it's for sex, whether it's for, for emotions, whether it's just for the, the camaraderie or, or just the partnership of just hanging out with someone, you know, right. like that was, that was difficult as fuck, man. And you can't fill that. You can't fill that void with a text message to someone across the fucking state. You can't fill that with a FaceTime with some other friend you have. There's no other filling that void unless you fill it with another woman. And, and that's the sad part is that is is that what I, that's what I tried to do early on. I tried to jump right to another relationship to try and try and fill that void, which was the worst thing. I yeah, that done. never works. That never works. <laughs> no, it didn't work because because I was giving her this empty emotion where I believed like, okay, this is cool, this is right, this is perfect. And then waking up one day and being like, holy shit, I'm going to hurt this girl. I'm going to break this girl's heart because I know deep in my heart, this ain't right either. (laughs) I don't want none of these motherfuckers. Like This woman was a sweetheart, a good person, and she actually fit pretty well to the family. But I also know deep in my heart, this is not a woman that that I want to continue on a relationship with because for some reason there's things that just wasn't connecting in my heart. And so when I had to break it to that woman, that um, I guess essentially I I I I let her on that I, you know, and that's the worst thing I say that and I'm like oh I feel like a complete asshole, but like in reality I didn't identify that I I thought I was doing it I thought I really wanted to be a part of this girl's life I thought I wanted her to be a part of my life and then I identify later like fuck man I was just trying to fill that space or that void that I was missing from a four year relationship with a woman that you know I gave everything to you know and so. Yeah. It was hard, man. It was so fucking hard. I tell you right now, like, I think now it's been, it's been months now. And now I'm able to say that I'm good. I'm comfortable in my empty bed. You know what I mean? I'm comfortable in that space. My house is the way it is because the way I leave it and the way I make it. And so now I'm comfortable in my space. And I think it'd be actually really hard now to allow someone into that space because I'm so comfortable in what I've created, you know? Right. It's wild, man. So it's a weird weird place to be in but now like i said i think i'm comfortable in my space that i've created for myself in the past couple of years, so. what, what about being a single parent though to four kids that that's got to be demanding uh no matter who you are um, yeah how, how do you so, how do you juggle business for children on your own with no help and you know because look you you have article 15 you have I mean, look you have yeah, a lot less things whiskey podcasts like all of it um, dude, I tell you what, I, so I was a single parent before, and then I met my, my, you know, my ex-wife who, who I married and obviously recently divorced. So I was a single parent before and I, I had to relearn it, man. I had to relearn scheduling. I had to relearn how to, how to cook dinner again. Cause I used to be a good cook. I just haven't done it. My kids actually forgot that I used to cook for them and they were like, yeah, really? yeah because I hadn't been cooking this whole time, dude. My ex-wife did everything when it comes to the household side of the side of the house. So they were like, Dad, you know how to cook. And the first meal I made was spaghetti because it's easy as fuck, right? And they were just like, that's really good. It's like, yeah, because <laughs> I know how to cook, you know, <laughs> come on, man, you know? But, that, the, but, but at least that, that's a small victory. You got to feel like that's a right. cool feeling that's, of like, all right. Exactly. It's yeah. cool. So, so, far, so far, there hasn't been anything I've cooked that they didn't like. You know what I mean? It's good, I, good. I have, a, I have a strong connection with I know what the hell they like. But so I, I kind of, uh, I guess I kind of structure my meals throughout the week of what they like. But... At the same time, I'm healthy and easy to make. But um, it was tough, dude. It was tough to get back into a routine. That's why I tell people, like, how are things? Like, when I get texts from family members, I'm like, how are things going? You know, like, my answer is, like, good. I have my life organized again. And that's what it is. It's getting, getting back onto a routine that fits for these kids. Whether it's, you know, like, because now business kind of takes a slight back seat. And it's unfortunate because that's something I really do pride myself on as being part of this article 15 lead senders black rock coffee everything that we were associated with i have a lot of pride in what we do and being a part of it but at the same time like my friends know you know like jared and matt understand the circumstances it's not easy for me to pick up and move it's not easy for me to uh, schedule things like podcasting you know, that's why i've been missing from the podcast for the past few weeks is because of the fact that like, there's things that took priority in my life that i had to get situated the kids are starting school. The kids are starting sports. Uh, the divorce took, took, you know, had to had to get um, it took presence in my life. And so, all these things. Once I've got everything organized, now you know I can show up on a podcast because I have shit situated. You know, and and is it easy? Fuck no, man. You know how stressed I get about about 
Dude, the other day I went to a father-son fucking lunch, and it was great, but at the same time, like, I know there's work to be done throughout the days, but I take that time because I know it's important because right now they don't have that mother figure, and so I kind of have to step up in that role as the parent. Yeah, and, it, you know, with, with these kids at, at, at the ages they're at in their life, like, there is no going back. So if you don't, if you're not there for them now, you can't go back and get that time back. Um, Bro, you, dude, you have no idea. Like, I so my oldest. Oh man, we were gonna talk about this. Like, me and you, we talked kind of, kind of talked about like you were you were asking about dating my 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 daughter dating and shit because she's thirteen, turning fourteen. Yeah. And, and so, how do I feel about that? I'm like, oh god, that's a that's a fucking book I can write about. How do I feel about that? You know? But I, I yeah, because because privately before the show started, we were talking about this earlier. You had posted something on Instagram earlier about your daughter and and her getting her hair done and all that stuff, and it's like. She's a pretty girl. She's a young girl. And now you're going to have to be going through that as a dad where other other gentlemen are going to be asking her to dances and things like that. Like all of that's got a factor in your mind as well. Where you're like, oh, shit, I'm by, I'm on my own on this one. Is that crazy for you? It's a trip, man. It's like, you know, I've been handed these, handed these deck of cards and you just kind of like play with them the way, the way you fucking kind of naturally figure out how to do it. Like, there's no answer. Like, like, you know, when people hand you kids and say, like, here's the right way to do it the wrong way. Yeah. And so, so it's like, now it's like, okay, here's a single father of fucking two girls, two boys, two girls that are in the preteens. And one, you know, when I got Belle, she didn't have her period yet. Right. And so then all of a sudden she has that as the dad, I'm like, I'm having to explain to my fucking daughter how to handle that situation. And just like, boy, as a dad, that's as, tough. Right. As a father. And so, so you understand where our relationship is taking turn where i'm i'm mother i'm i'm mother dad you know what i mean from, yeah. from already have been that for the past four years you know and i've kind of called my mom obviously for all the information I call myself like what's the appropriate way to kind of handle the situation so i got my, my help from my family but like i've been mother dad or, or mr mom for, for so many years now that now dude, she's talking to me about the boys dude she's talking to me about a boy that she likes and another girl's flirting with him holy like, shit like, like how do you think that fucking feels, bro? And, I, and, and I have and I have to shut down the ego. I have to shut down the dad mode and be like, okay, so now what, right? And, and I even asked her, like, hey, why do you tell me all this? She goes, this is the most heartbreaking words that have ever come out of this girl's mouth that fucking destroyed me that night. She goes, that I have no one else to talk to. Oh, and, and dude, man. Fuck. Yeah. Imagine that yeah. shit. You're 13, you're, your teenage daughter, she's yeah. 14 now. Going into the life where it's like the scariest parts of her life where fucking boys are going to try and fucking do everything they got that can to fucking come that quest. And, and, and it's like, and, and she's in the middle of confusion of like, you know, when's, when's sex sick, sex sick. All this shit is just, dude, I know what that age is like because we've all fucking been there. And I know sure. how we've all been our life. And so it's the scariest time. Of, and the one person she can go to to relate to and try and talk to and fucking vent is fucking me, bro. and and, and by the way for the audience we should point out that like there is no uh shared custody all four kids are yours so that's that's it right yeah all four kids that live with me all time yeah um and that and that's because because a lot of parents who are divorced uh they get a break uh either on the weekends or the summers or what whatever the custom custody yeah this was this was the first summer they've actually went with their birth mother in about three and a half almost four years and for 30 days. And so that was scary enough for me. That's why I didn't go on the, the USO tour that the boys did, because I wanted to stay in country to make sure everything was sure. fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, just, yeah. And, just a couple, and so, no, there's no, there's no financial help. There's no, it's, it, you know, there's a FaceTime call here and there for their mother. And, and again, so if their mother associates with her on FaceTime, but she still comes to me, but the boys are like, you see the difference in like the situation that I have here. It's like, I miss your mom. I'm, I'm, Absolutely. I'm, yeah. I'm mom and dad. I'm, I'm everything there is in, 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 in everything in between. But, well, I, I will say this by all accounts, you know, uh, and look, you share a lot of your personal life on social media, which is why so many people love you. Your, your kids seem to love you and they seem like they're having a great time all the time with dad. And so, um, you know, one, one of the main things of this episode was a lot of people ask me, Hey man, it'd be great if you sat down with Rocco and talk about what a great daddy was. Um, cause everybody, everybody, <laughs> seriously, everybody always comments on, man, he's like an awesome dad. It would be great oh. to hear just a personal side to him about, you know, what kind of dad he is, how he gets through the day to day life and things like that. Um, it you know, me out, yeah, I, 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 I think that concept trips me out though, Ross. Like, like 
you call me a great dad, like like my father was a great dad, right? Like my father was, but I, I would even say that I would go as far as saying like my father was just a dad. My father was a dad, right? Like I wouldn't say he's great. He was just doing what his job was, right? And I think currently now I'm just doing what my job is. Like that's what a dad does. It's kind of sad to know that people look at me as a great dad and not just a dad, dad dude, right? Like like uh, but like here, here, here's my here's my feeling on it because I'm a dad as well. I don't think you know while you're going through it if you're good or bad. I think every day feels like it's a, it's a balancing act. And I don't think you know how great great of a job you did until after your kids are grown and raised. Um, I agree. Yeah, I agree. To go back and, and <laughs> you know, and, and to judge of whether or not you were a good or, you know, or, or a bad father. Because um, I've known... You know, look, I, I knew kids when I was earlier that they turned out to be shitty people when they were older. Um, right. And you then, never know. Yeah, you don't. And vice versa. And uh, and it can always you can always attribute it back to your parents uh, and how you were raised. And uh, I don't think you'll know now. But look, by all accounts, you seem like you're doing a great job on social media and everybody loves you. And uh, uh, so I, I think everything's OK now. And I think your kids will be fine. But you, you won't know until they're 30 where it's like, okay, yeah, well, I, I have no idea. Until my, until my two kids are in prison. My two boys are in prison. <laughs> it's funny, man, because it, you know, exactly what you said, like what you see on social media, like, you know, that's exactly like, you don't think that that video, I just edited a video of me, my, my son um, teaching how to ride his bike. And dude, what a like, blessing of a fucking day to be there for that. And, and, and for him to actually fucking learn how to ride while I'm recording. It was like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, this is perfect for fucking for social media. This is perfect for me. This is perfect for everything, right? I'll, I said it to his grandma. I said it to both grandmas. Both grandmas. So it was, it was a good time. But the funny thing is, like, you don't see the other in betweens. Like, no, yeah, like, no, you know, him like, falling over a thousand yeah, times. Yeah, right. yeah. And I'm yeah. grabbing him. I'm like, hey, I'm <laughs> like, you know what I mean? like, like, there's times when I'm like, I'm on him. Like, bro. Figure it out. It ain't that hard. Like, like, just like, you're like what you see on film is like that's the shit I can edit out, right? <laughs> I mean, I edit out a lot of, a lot of me yelling at the kid, like, "Come on, bro, what are you doing?" You know, you know, let's be real. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a dad. I'm a, I'm a father, like everyone else. Like, yeah, you, you, and you're a man. You're, you're a guy's guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a guy's. God, and exactly I'm the same way where it's like, all right, let's, let's, let's figure it the fuck out. Uh, and then usually the mom is the one who steps in and was like, no, yeah. they're, they're, they're a child. You got to do this and this and this. Right. And that's like, why I have my 13 year old, my 13 year old, 14. She's standing out there like trying to calm me down. I'm like, Hey, knock it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Knock it the <laughs> fuck off. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so let me, let me ask you this. What's it like dating with four kids? Has that been weird? Yeah, man. So here's the thing I know. Do you like, use like apps like Tinder and things like no, that? No, dude. I did that before. I did that before. And it's funny because I, I feel like everyone's just as crazy, you know. So it's just like it doesn't work. I, I decided this time, like, I didn't want to. I didn't want to meet anyone outside of uh, anyone that inside of the Article 15 circle. I would like to meet someone outside of that. But before that, you know, I, I did it for like, She had three kids. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I know this. I was married to a woman that didn't have kids. And I feel like part, part of the disconnection, part of the, part of the issues that we had was the fact that she didn't understand kids. You know, she could definitely have kids if she wanted to. So it wasn't that the issue. It was just she didn't have kids. And so I felt like she didn't understand the affection and the love I have. Like, the death right. I would go for my fucking kid, people don't get unless they have kids, right? There's this. Oh, yeah, yeah. 100%. Because it's not right. theirs. Because if the, if the if the child is not theirs, you don't care. And e- look, even I'm guilty of this. Where it's right. like there'll, there'll be other kids around with my kid, and it's just like, all right, great. I I, I don't care what you're doing, but I care about my kid. Um, right. And yeah. so so I felt that disconnect this this whole marriage. And so I knew early on, man, it's uncomfortable. Either I'm gonna have to get this one my kid, or this isn't gonna work. You know. And so now I know, like, I will not date someone that doesn't have kids unless they have you know medical condition where they couldn't have kids themselves and they could take on mine as their own and hopefully you know they can love them just as much as I do blah 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 you know what I mean so I dated a girl with three kids and then it's funny because you know what's even harder is the fact that some people don't raise kids the same way I raise kids no dude. no <laughs> and then you gotta get used to that none of that but you're adding three to four you're more than right. a Brady Bunch at that point uh, Bro, it, you're yeah, too shy a of a starting baseball team 
Dude, dude, there's no cars that fit nine, bro. No, yeah, no. Or you, get a, or you get a van. And I told myself at a young age, I'm never driving a fucking van. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like even even one of those 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 you know triple triple suburbans with the three right, three row right, seating right. isn't gonna fit those fuckers. So no, dude. So, so the girl I'm talking to now, she has two kids. She's got her own job. She's got her own house. She's got her own life. And she's in a whole different city, and so uh, we have no no other option but to take things slow and see where it goes. But the cool thing is is that the identification that she has with kids is very similar to mine. And the way she wants to raise kids is very similar to mine. You know, I told her, I said, look, I'm very stern in my household. She goes, that's good. My father was a TI. Her father was a TI in the Air Force years ago. And I was like, well, I'm a drill sergeant in the Army. So, like, when you find someone that has the same kind of, like, ideas of how to raise kids, well, then it it makes the whole thing like, okay, well, then there's a chance here. Right, but if it's the other side of the house when you see someone that's like very lean with the kids and stuff that I can't handle. Like, dude, there's no way it's gonna work because I'm gonna be fucking miserable because my four kids do not embarrass me in public. I snap my fingers and they fucking stop whatever the fuck they're doing, right? Because it's just the upbringing that they've had. And when someone raises kids differently than me, I just, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying I'm saying if it's different, well, then it doesn't fit in my space. You know what I mean? And so if you don't fit in my space, it's, I'm never gonna be happy. I know it's not. It's never gonna work. It's never gonna now, work. Because the way people raise their kids, they take it very seriously. So they, they don't. Do, you don't want anybody yeah. else coming in and talking to your kids a different way, and and, and vice versa. Right. Right. Um, right. Uh, so, and so we're so set in our ways in my household. We're so set in my ways. You know what I mean? So it's like no one's coming in here and trying to change my ways. Yeah. That, <laughs> look, that's where it gets really tricky. Um, but let me ask you this: uh, Did you ever see a counselor or anyone who said, "Hey, you've had two marriages. Let's back off and let let's wait." a while on your next relationship. Yeah, man. That's funny. Did you really? so, yeah, I did. I did. So, so, uh, the same, the same, uh, counselor I saw for PTSD and I was having, you know, some issues I had there. I called her, man. I, and I was feeling like, ah, oh, dude, I actually was starting to feel like, man, what is wrong with me? Dude? Cause I feel like I'm doing good things. Right. Like, and, I, and we'll talk about this later on when we talk about looking in the mirror, but it's like, I feel like everything is going, I was doing everything right. And I still got shit on. And so it was fu- really fucked with my head, man. And then you start going through that lonely phase and you start going through pretty much the early phases of sleeping alone and, and all the other stuff. And so I said, hey, Tanya, man, we need to talk. You know? And this is my counselor. Her name is Tanya Glenn. And uh, what an amazing woman. And you can find her online. She's just some epic shit with PTSD and stuff like that. And so um, she's the first woman that, that, that came to me early on and, and really kind of changed my mind on the counseling side of things with see. And so I was like, hey, you have a second time. And dude, I haven't talked to her. I honestly haven't reached out to her for four years. I said, Tanya, is this? I was like, ah, I kind of need a minute to talk to you. Sometimes she was going to be gone. So I called her and I kind of broke down the whole situation, right? And she was like, oh, man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Blah, 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 blah. And so we're going back and forth, going back and forth. And she's doing her little, you know, she's kind of reading it. And she's telling, telling me her version of what she sees and thinks and blah, 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 blah. And she goes, listen, do me a favor. You need to take six months to a year off. Six Six months months, to a year. Six months to a year without any serious dating. Like, do not move anyone in. Do not get 100% involved with anyone for six months to a year. And so this was, man. I I actually like that. I believe in that theory, by the way. This was in in May, early June. I'd say May would probably be more late May. And so when she told me that. And so I kind of held on to that. I was like, man, it's okay. That's good. She explained why. She explains all the things like, you know, your body isn't over it. You, you don't want to carry on the drama that you had in your last relationship. You don't want to carry to the next one. Like all the insecurities, all the doubts, all the, all the disputes, all this shit you don't want to carry on to the next relationship. And there's no way you would just want to jump right into another one, dude, because it's just, like I said, you carry all the baggage you have from your last relationship to that one, thinking that the same one is going to do the same fucking hurt, right? You don't want that. Right. And so, okay, I, I, I've listened to her and I haven't taken. I'm doing everything I can to follow that motto because I do trust her and I believe in her. But you know what the funny thing was? Is I asked her about my ex-wife and said, listen, here's the situation going wrong. Do you think because I was fighting, I told you I was fighting for it. I, I felt like, you know, you know, everyone gives up on shit so fast. I'm going to go and fight for it. I said, do you think I should continue to keep fighting? Right? Because this is the second time I already like, walked away and I thought like, it's hard, man, when you work with someone for so long, man, you know them so well. It's very hard to walk away and just kind of Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, she was like, listen, you're never going to trust that woman ever again. And she goes, you can get counseling for years, and you never know if it was going to be enough to fix her. Do you want to live like that? I was like, no. She was like, 
okay then. She goes, do you think that's healthy for the kids? And I was like, no. She goes, okay then. So then you know your answer. Fuck. Fucking Tanya. God damn it. You're right. <laughs> wow. So, wow. And that, yeah, was, yeah. that was honestly the closure I needed to know from, like, I, my mom said the same thing. My dad said my sisters, everyone said the same fucking thing. It didn't matter to me, dude. When I heard it from a fucking doctor, <laughs> you know what I mean? When I heard it from the official source, that's when it was for me. It was like, okay, she's right. Everyone else is right. But this, this is like the valid educational fucking answer. So, yes. Yeah, so, so, so were there rules like along with it? Did she say, look, no, no, no sex with anybody, no hooking up with no, anybody? No, you don't even know this chick. She's so dope, dude. She's like, look, have fun. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Have fun. Nothing serious. And what she means to have fun, she's talking like, go and fuck whatever. Go, go and fucking date. Go, go out and fucking dance, drink, do whatever the fuck you want. She's saying just don't commit to something serious too soon because you're just going to carry over baggage. And that's a, And if you know her, she's just all about like, she'll be real, man. She's real. And that's the thing is I knew what she was saying. She was like, have fun. Have fun. Date. Fucking meet other women. Do your thing. Do your thing. You know, and she, that's how she's saying it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I know what you meant. You know? And so, and, and that was a cool thing about it. Like, that's the, probably the realest answer you're going to get from any other counselor. Just like, do your thing. Just don't overcommit to anything too soon because you're not ready. I, and I think there, there is some validity in that where it's, because uh, you, you can, you know, kind of get attached to early maybe. Uh, yeah. And then also yeah. bringing, you know, other people into uh, to meet your kids and things like that. Like that starts to get dangerous on a level where it's like, all right. Yeah. Great. Well, that was the thing. That's what I did. And I told you, I, after my divorce, I kind of jumped in right into a smaller relationship that I thought was, uh, I thought I was ready for it. And I, and, and it turns out I wasn't. And so, and so what I ended up doing, you know, the kids ended up meeting her a little bit, you know, and they were, they met her dude. And then at the same time, you know, we, we met her kids and kind of, we all kind of got clicked really quick because kids are kids. They get along very easily and this and that. And then, what you know, do the kids think about her as a mom initially? This girl? Who, this girl? Yeah. Dude, here's the fucking sad part, dude. My youngest one, who is seven, he's looking for mom. Like, he wants oh, that's someone to identify that's as mom. And so, yeah. so there was one, one of the days where he was like, she was like, he was like, can you turn the TV on for me? And she goes, and does it. And then Hunter tells her, like, my older son, he goes, hey, don't, tell, don't have to do that. For you. He goes, why not? She's going to be my future mom. And I was like, fuck. Oh, right? like, boy. He doesn't understand. He just knows that dad has another woman in the household right now. Yeah. hanging around, spending significant amount of time in the house. He identifies that, well, that's his next mother. And so I felt like. Was that a the, gut punch? Was that a gut yeah, punch? Yeah, man. That was, that was one of those things, like, I don't want to do that to he identified his stepmom, the, the one I just recently got divorced, as mom for so long. Like that woman's been raising for years, and so he knew her as mom. And so when we first split up, that was probably the h- hardest thing I heard was he's like, "Mom, mom, hey, dad, where's mom?" And I was like, "Holy shit, I'm about to start crying right now." Lock myself in the room in the fucking shower and just bawl my eyes out because how heartbreaking that this this guy he identifies her as mom and she's no longer around. Like, dude. You don't think I think this kid already needs counseling because of that? Like that really, that, that was really like so heartbreaking as, as known. And then a month and a half later, I have another girl in the household who's just really cool and she's taking care of us. And like when I was out of town, she'd be watching the kids and the kids were getting really close with her. And so, fuck. And so then when the, when the counselor tells me she takes it, I, I know why. Like, damn, man, I just kind of fucked my own kids over for a second, didn't I? And dude, sad truth, man. That's like, like I, I, I'm saying this right now, and I feel like a complete asshole saying it out uh, loud. I don't yeah, think I've ever, ever said it out loud, but it's like, uh, that was probably the worst decision I ever could have made. And not because the woman, the woman was not a bad decision. The woman was a good person. It was just sure. jumping, jumping right into something just to help me get over the, the last relationship was the worst thing I could have done for, for myself and for the kids. And for the kids, <laughs> yeah, because it's confusing for the, for the kids. Um, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. So, so, so where are you at right now in life and, uh, you know, as far as dating and yeah. you know, that stuff goes, um, so, you know, I, I have a, I have a girl that I talk to in, in, in all cases. I mean, she lives in, she lives in San Antonio. I live here, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, if things keep going the way they are, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to give, give that the, the serious, but you're going to wait a while, right? You're going to wait a while. Yeah, man. Thing. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm just going to, there's like, like how, how serious can I take it? She's in San Antonio. But at the same time. 
she's a good person. Everything about her is, is perfect, you know, but, but, you know, I need to do what's right by my kids and let them understand who I am. And understand. they need to see me as a single father, being able to manage my situation alone. Absolutely. Without, without having to have a woman in there to try to enable me, you know what I mean? And so that's what, that's my goal. My goal right now is to just let the kids see me, be me, and you know, see dad, run the household, make sure everything's going good and, and see that, that I don't need anyone else to, to, keep this family together. You know what I mean? And, and so when they identify that and they see that, and I feel really comfortable with that, you know what I mean? Um, I can take this relationship to another level, you know, and, they, and then I want to, it's just, I know that right now it's not, it's, they're not ready for it. Too I'm not early. For it. It's too early. Yeah. Right now, yeah. That's what it is. And so, so, you know, and I, and I'm not the type, here's many people think like, Oh my God, I get all kinds of places. Like, dude, I'm, I'm not the dude that jumps around like that. It's just never been in my character. It's just not the type of person I am. And uh, I don't intend to ever turn into that. You know, it's just, I focus on what I feel is right, you know, and, and uh, my family and my kids are, are right, you know, business is right, you know, my writing is, is getting better because you, when you go through hardship, you, send, you tend to have more emotions and writing it seems to be really deep and good right now. And, you know, and the, and the person that entertains my mind is, is the girl that I'm talking to in San Antonio, and so I'm going to keep it that way. Yeah, and uh, and I wanted to touch on this too, like you've been doing a ton of transitional speeches. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's got to help, right? Because it's, uh, dude, it's every that, time I do it, it's therapeutic. Dude. Yeah. Cause it's not all about you anymore where it's about other people. So how has that been going? And, uh, I know you were at Texas A&M, um, yeah. and I know you're super passionate about it and, and you're great at it. People love, people love you. They love your speeches. They hit us up all the time on a drinking bros podcast page on Facebook. Uh, how exciting is that in your life right now? I think that's one of the coolest things to come out of the whole article 15 era is the fact that, you know, I kind of found my own individual space and, and able to do something that I personally had wanted my whole life. You know what I mean? I've always believed in being able to, I guess, give my story. You know what I mean? Like I've had a pretty cool lifestyle, you know what I mean? It's been pretty interesting, but, but to be able to uh, focus my energy on a specific group of individuals and hopefully they can either learn from my mistakes or, or identify with, with my mistakes and be able to continue to see positivity at the end of, you know, light at the end of that tunnel. But then fuck man, like, look, man, we're giving a fucking, we're, we're given this pedestal. We're given this stage to use, you know what I mean? And I think we all use it in the way that we want to. Uh, personally, this is where I want to be. You know what I mean? I, I am kind of the older dude. In the group. I am the kind of the, the saltier guy. You know, I am the guy that's been through a lot of, you know, downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. And so if I can give my friends, my, my, my counterparts, my buddies, uh, a life lesson from my own book, and hopefully they go and not make the same mistake I did, well, then fuck, man, please, please take from my fucking word and, 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 and don't make the same mistake I had. And dude, it's been, it's been amazing. Like, so texting them. What an amazing culture of a school that is. And I swear to you right now, just from going to that school just one weekend, I want to go to do my master's at that school because that's how fucking I drank the Kool-Aid, if you want to say. You know really? What I mean? like that, you're you're, you're how, an Aggie. You're, you're a Texas A&M Aggie right now. If I can get in that school, dude, I'm, I swear to you, that's what I'm going to do because of the fact like there's such a military-focused and cultured school. You can't help but... but and it's a huge school. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize oh that. It's, co it's College Station, right? Yeah, it's College yeah. Station. It's yeah. actually, I believe it's the biggest college football stadium in Texas. If I, if I, it's Kyle Stadium. I'm, I'm almost positive you can look that up. But, uh, but here's the thing, man. I went there, so they've, they've been open. I think 2004 was the first time they opened this, this um, I think it's Military Resource Center for the veterans that are, that are part of the Texas a and they've had all the little get-togethers and speeches and everything else you can think of, and they've never had a huge showing. This was the biggest showing they've ever had, and it was 109 individuals there to see me, Rocco, fucking yeah. speak. Like, that alone was humbling, man. And then, and then to talk to the colonel, and he's like, wow, man, like, you had a huge impact. Man, I, I, like I said, I never would imagine in a million years that my word, right, my, my, my life story would have an impact on individuals like it has. And I don't see how mine's any significant than any other, but besides the fact that like, you know, we, we became a successful company, man, by just being driven by, by using what the military has given us and, and continue driving forward. It's been crazy. No, it's, 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 it's amazing. And the, and the reaction online, like I, 
I don't want to say that I think you found your your true calling, but I, I kind of think you have. Like, uh, people love you, and you're you're an important important voice in the community. And uh, the the fact that you're you're great at it, just you're a natural great speaker and a leader. Um, it, it look it says a lot about who you are. And uh, I I have a feeling in your future there'll there'll be a, a a lot more if you choose that to be your path. But that's just me. Um, yeah, man, dude. Uh, I'm you know I'm always willing to. Anytime anyone asks me if I'm available, I will speak. That's something that uh, I definitely is passion. It's a passion line. Yeah, and uh, I, I know we end a lot of our shows with songs uh, or skits, but uh, at the end of this show uh, tonight, we're actually going to end with with one of your speeches. And, and where was that from, by the way? Oh man! <laughs> so you know what that came from? So that's going to be—it's called it "Looking Look in the Mirror," and that came from some lady calls me, says, "Hey, I want to talk to you about I want to start a nonprofit." And I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, and, uh, here we go. Another, another veteran nonprofit. That's odd. And so I kind of gave her the spiel. Like, like, and, I, and at the end, I said, you know what? I'm sorry. That wasn't meant for you. I was just kind of venting. Um, you know, if you need help, if you need any more questions and answers, you know, I'll give it to you, whatever. Just give me a call on that time. She goes, no, that was great. I really appreciate your insight. And then I never saw it that way. And so I turned around and just turned on my phone and went to the voice memo thing and just started recording. And I went on this nine minute, I believe it is emotional rant about the veteran space, man. And, and some of the things that the way we view things, you know, and, 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 and one thing I want to say before that I didn't add to that, that I want to add now is that you're going to hear me talk about 22. You're going to hear me talk about, you're going to hear me talk about uh, veteran transition. You're going to hear me talk about veteran nonprofits. You're going to hear me talk about all these things in this nine minute rant. And it's like, I was very passionate about because I'm so involved in this space and I see the faults and I see the goods and the bads. And I see some of the things that we do as, as veterans, man, we are so, we're so passionate about our mission here to help that other veterans. And that I think we've, we've almost hurt ourselves by being oversaturated in our own space. And so I would take this. This is one thing I want to say before you listen to that. Internet, I, I would say this, there's something I wish I could add to it. And I did, and I just not, I'm not going to add to it now. It's, we fo- focus on these 22 veterans a day, 22 veterans a day. I'll, I would love for you guys that are listening to look into the most successful 22 veterans. Look for the most successful 22 veterans you can find and see what the fuck they did in their life and follow that path. Okay? Follow how the fuck they did. Okay? Instead of focusing on the negativity of, of our culture, let's focus on the positivity, man. Focus on what fucking Nick Palmashan has done. Right? There's, there's, yeah. there's, guys more, there's guys more successful than Nick Palmashan, but I'm saying, just the first guy coming out of my head, like, what the fuck did that guy do to be in the position he is now? Focus on Matt. Ask him, a million, like, ask him a million questions. Focus on what Matt Bess and Jared Taylor have done to be in the position they are today. And ask him, like, what steps did you take? Why are we asking about this negativity? Start fucking picking the brains to the success successful individuals in their space, man, and fucking follow that lead. Let's lead from the front. All you entrepreneurs, all you successful veterans, lead from the front. And all you guys want to be like them, follow their lead. Absolutely. And and uh, right after the podcast, after our Drinking Bro of the Week, which is coming up now, um, stay tuned for, for Rocco's, uh, I, I wouldn't call it a rant. I would call it a, a motivational speech. Uh, I, I got a chance to listen to it. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, everything you do is is unbelievably inspiring uh to the community and uh look just your experiences as a as a as a dad uh are unbelievably um uh like it's just it's just cool to see somebody who's as down to earth and and who can talk about it for an hour like like we just did tonight and uh uh I, i i to me personally you know forget the divorces and all that shit like uh, you're a great person. You're a great father, and you're a great mentor. And uh, you have an important voice. And I and I hope you know that. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. It's been a blast. Absolutely. Uh, and for the drinking bros of the week and broettes, uh, actually, Rocco and I wanted to uh, dedicate this episode to our moms and dads. Uh, yes. I'm I'm first up, and uh, to to Jerry and Diane Lowry. Uh, I love you guys. Um, you made me the the person I am today. Um, you always taught me to, to believe in myself and follow my dreams. And, uh, it's, it's gone above and beyond anything I would have expected. 
And I love you guys if you guys are listening. Uh, Rocco? Yeah, man. Uh, I want to obviously dedicate this to Carlos and Alex Vargas, uh, my father, who's an undying spirit of just working his ass off for his family and, and never saying no when we need him. And my mother, who's always been that soft spirit, she, she it's like the yin and the yang in those two. And uh, they've always been there. They've shown me what a perfect example of, of a family means. And, and they're the ones who've made me want to be the family man I am today. So I appreciate everything you guys have done. And, and the fact that you've told me if I've ever wanted to be anything in life, I'm and, and it's funny because that's what I'm doing today. And so I appreciate everything you guys have done for us. And one last thing, there's a gentleman on Instagram who said, give me a shout out. And everybody told me, like, why the fuck would Rocco give me a shout out? Why? Because we're normal dudes, man, and why the fuck not? So Miguel Diaz, dude, thank you for supporting us in, in, in our drive and our passion and in the directions that we go. Uh, continue to have faith in us, man, because we're just normal dudes like anyone else, man, and everyone else can achieve what we've done. Thank you, guys. Yeah, cheers, everybody. Cheers, everybody. Um, cheers. Thank you. Uh, thank you for, for doing this, Rocco. I appreciate sure, it. Brother. I appreciate you taking the time out of your, your busy schedule to, uh, to chat with me one-on-one. Uh, and, uh, stay tuned kids. Say a motivational speech, uh, from Rocco at the end of this. So for Vincent Vargas, I am Ross Patterson. Uh, and this is a little sampling of what Vincent Vargas has has been, uh, doing at Texas A&M and, uh, a lot all over the country. Uh, so, so here we go. See, someone talked about Today someone called me about uh, nonprofits, and here's my problem. I think that the veteran nonprofit world is saturated. And so the idea of if we have a million nonprofits out there, veteran nonprofits out there to help veteran suicide, right, and they all have $5, they're not helping anyone. But then if you have two or three that have millions of people that would give them $5, well, then they probably have several millions that they could work with. Now, you could probably use that money towards helping veterans. But then the question goes like, what is it? How do you help a veteran? Like, how do you help veteran suicide, right? Like, fuck the awareness, got it. Like, how do you help veteran suicide? Or, or what is the issue? Post-traumatic stress, TBI, what is the issue? So here's the reality of it. If you, haven't got, if you have PTSD, if you have traumatic brain injury, you need to go to counseling and you need to go to a brain clinic, okay? So the counseling can actually remove some of those bad thoughts, right? They have a thing called um, rapid eye movement treatment, and that no shit remove the the, the 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 traumatic event that is stuck in your forebrain that you cannot process as a memory, and they'll get rid of that, right? They'll help get rid of that, right? And then from there, they help you adjust in other things. And then if you have traumatic brain injury, there's clinics out there that can help you repair your brain. So that's two things that most veterans that say, oh, I have PTSD and oh, I have fucking TBI, like they don't do. And if you haven't done that, then fucking you've won. You're not helping yourself. If you can't afford it, well, then there's veteran organizations out there that can try and help. Maybe that's where we focus our money towards, right? Then besides that, then you have all these nonprofits that are like, I have one that, that like, so we carve wood. And, and carving wood, the veterans, they find their, they, they helps with their PTSD. And one's like, oh, well, the, this one over here, we paint. And it helps with fucking veterans' PTSD. It's so, like, here's the reality of it, dude. Like, everyone's fucking different, right? Everyone is fucking different, right? And so we're going to find a way that, like me... I like fitness, right? I don't do it as much as I should, but fitness does help me in my traumatic situations, right? Or, or, or deal with, I guess, get lost on my, in myself so that I'm fucking happy, right? It gives me what I need to kind of escape from reality for a while and, and just be me, right? And that's what everyone has. So, so, so one company that does fucking wood, one company that does painting, one company that does fitness, like none of those companies are fucking helping the, the masses of veterans. There's just an outlet. So the reality is, if one of you small companies can reach out to one of the bigger companies like, hey, if you pay me $1,000, I can get a veteran in here and I can teach you get them a class. Maybe instead of a painting one, instead of you start, just partner up with one that you like that makes more money and that's able to help you. Because the bigger organizations need to find a way to use their money, right? They need to find a way to write a grant. So if you can partner up with a fucking bigger one who writes a grant to you so you can teach veterans, boom. Now we're not oversaturating the space of veteran nonprofits as well as GoFundMe's 
because you realize we're asking for the people with the least amount of money for the most amount of money. We're asking veterans who make from 30 to 40 to 50,000 a year to go fund me to help veteran suicide. And you know what? We're all fucking bleeding hearts for this subject, right? We all want to help a fucking veteran somehow. We all want to stop veteran suicide. So we do everything we can. We donate everything we can to these nonprofits. And like I said, a million nonprofits is $5 ain't helping shit. We need to find a way to bring them together work together and use the the money and the masses to bring veterans to find what their little next objective is or mission. All right, it drives me nuts. Like we're in a we're we're a community that has oversaturated ourselves because we all want to help. You know, I had a call today and a lady was like, "Well, I just want to be involved. I want to help." Like, uh, you know, we've bur- we've burned ourselves already. I mean, think about the 22, right? Like let's look further into this 22 thing because because you know I'm, I'm not gonna tell you that i've done i've looked into it. i've heard from guys that are very intelligent say that you know, the 22 numbers is not legit right either way why would we focus on a negative fucking outlook on a veteran than anything else like my mom doesn't know anything about the veteran community besides the fact that i was in combat right and that veterans commit suicide right that, that's the only thing she knows and she doesn't know that from me right she knows that from all the fucking main media all the media out there the mainstream media that's out there talks about the veteran crisis, veteran issues, and it's suicide. Everything on fucking social media. Veteran 22, veteran 22, veteran 22. Like, when are we going to let go of that fucking number and realize, like, that f- fuck 22? Like, fuck that 20. Who gives a fuck about that 22? How do I stop 22? Here's how I stop the suicide, all right? You find these motherfuckers. They go to fucking counseling. They go to fucking brain clinics. Once they're done with that shit... Then they find something that they fucking love and they fucking crush it, right? Whether it's fitness, whether it's painting, whether it's fucking hiking, I don't give a shit. They got to stay active. They got to be active in their own space. At, one, at what point do we just look in the mirror and realize like, hey, fucko, it's my fault. I'm a pussy. It's my fault. My life is falling into shit. Maybe I drink too much and that's why I lost my wife. Maybe I'm fucking focused on hanging out with my buddies is why my life is going to shit. Or maybe I drink so much I lost my fucking job or my health or my weight is going to shit. When you look in the mirror and realize it's fucking you, man. When you realize like I'm the one who fucked up my own life. I'm the one who needs to fucking take charge and take accountability of my own fucking actions and do something about it. When the fuck does that happen? When does the veteran community stand up and say, hey, motherfucker, look in the mirror and realize you fucked up? And how do you fix you? Uh, You wake the fuck up, you make changes in your goddamn life, and you fix it. One foot in front of the other, it ain't gonna be easy, motherfucker, but that's life, right? It's a goddamn shitty-ass road march that never ends. Fucking, you fall down, you get back up, and you keep fucking walking. Like, we have to stop thinking that we're going to hold everyone's hand to get them a job. We're going to hold everyone's hand to go to the fucking, to go to the doctors when they need to. We're going to stop pointing fingers at everyone around us and saying like, we're the victims, we're the victims, we're the victims. Stop pointing fingers at the fucking VA because they didn't help you. Stop pointing fingers at your fucking wife because she fucking left you. Stop pointing fingers at your job because they fucking fired you. Start looking in the goddamn mirror and realize it's you. The actions you've made have brought your life to what you see today, okay? And here's the reality. Even if you've done everything right, life is fucking hard. It's gonna kick you in the gosh damn dick. I'll tell you right now, there's motherfuckers in the civilian world that are dealing with the same shit. They got out of college, they went to work, and then they got fired because they're fucking morons, right? Because they went out drinking, they stayed out too late fucking some strange, doing all kinds of dumb shit. They lost their wife because they were cheating. They lost their wife because she was cheating. You don't think the rest of the world deals with the same shit? They do. You just fucking trying to put a finger towards someone and blame it on someone else. Here's another thing, transition. Don't act like it's only a veteran thing. It's a lot harder for us, don't get me wrong, because our transition's a little different. We've seen a world where life is a little bit easier. We've seen a world where I don't have to worry about shit but getting shot in the face. And you know what? That's a nice, comfortable world to live in if that's all you have to worry about. But the reality is, anyone that's coming close to 30 years old is going to be depressed because they're transitioning into a world where they thought they were going to be a lot farther in life than they actually are. Okay? There's a so- the fucking dude that goes four years in college and gets out is dealing with transition. Okay, the guy who played baseball his whole fucking life and, and fucking the whole thing got swept out from under him because whatever is injuries or whatever the case, he's dealing with transition. 
Every motherfucker in this goddamn world has some kind of point in their life where they're dealing with transition, after dealing with a breakup, after fucking, after it, 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 just everything in life. People deal with transition. So why the fuck are we acting like the victims if we're the only ones that have to transition? Our transition is a little harder, yes, but it's still a fucking transition. It's life, people. We're living life. And you're fucking trying to blame everyone else in this goddamn world. I would like for the veteran community to stand up finally, look in the goddamn mirror, and start blaming yourself. And when you realize, yeah, you're the one who fucked up, take credit for it. Yep, that's me. I fucked up. Well, now, how do I start putting the pieces back together? Let me fix my life and get ready for it to get fucked up again. Because that's life. It's nothing but fucking success, failure, success, failure, success, failure, 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 success, failure. So get the fuck over it. This life ain't easy. It's a beautiful thing, though. It's a beautiful thing when you figure out what you'd like to do. It's a beautiful thing when you wake up and say, hey, I'm waking up every day knowing that this life right now is what I've created for myself. I'm a self-made motherfucker. And if life comes to kick me in the nuts, I'm going to brush myself off and I'm going to get back up again, one foot in front of the other, motherfuckers. Look in the mirror, bitch. Start blaming yourself.